0: The message for small business owners is make sure you appear on all the directories that are relevant. Does
1: that mean Yahoo Pages is going to make a comeback?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Does it though? I don't know. I, I think, you know, the bottom line is these things
1: change. James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in.
0: This will be Freedom Ocean episode 74. 74 after a three-month hiatus. Is it three months, is it? <laughs> yes, we last recorded in May. <laughs> Don't want to rush those things. How's the June, July and August, Timbo? Are we recording? Why not? <laughs> Ah, I love that. I get you on Skype. I'm gonna hit record. It's too too valuable. You know you've become scarce, which yep. should raise your value somewhat.
1: Correct. Correct. Well, last episode we talked about the faulty towers theory, which is do little do a few episodes and keep it scarce. So we did. And I'm I'm Basil, your Manuel
0: oh that seems rough (laughs) they were actually comparing clive palmer to faulty towers on the one of those rubbish news shows i saw on a commercial and i'm thinking how poor must their news choices be when they have to go to his dinosaur resort and bag out on clive palmer as a news story that reporter should be ashamed of himself
1: oh well that would be uh, that's sort of like par of the course with a lot of journalism. Your mate Dean Jackson looks a bit like Clive Palmer. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Not really. I'm looking at a photo of him now on your site. of Dean. yeah okay I didn't didn't think
0: that uh, when I was hanging out with him for a week or so, but there you go. <laughs> all
1: things to all different people. He might not be as brash as Clive, but uh, and, and not maybe not more. as wealthy, but probably somewhere in between.
0: <laughs> I, I don't
1: know. I don't know, and and overseas listeners will not have know no idea we what talk. we're talking about. Absolutely none. So let us move on. Is a sort of potentially a
0: billionaire, but no one can prove it sort of thing.
1: Hey, Jimmy James, what about the three topics we're going to cover? Google, yeah, bit of a bit of an update on the big G. We're going to talk um, VAs, and we are going to talk blogging. We haven't spoken for a while about those topics. <laughs> we haven't spoken for a while. <laughs> we haven't spoken about anything.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so. Like We could just fill in the, the gap uh, with two words, keynote speaking. Well, that's, like, oh. just keynotes, yeah. right? That's one word. Yeah. And surfing. That could summarize what you and I have been up to. There you go. So yeah. now, we're, now we've caught up. That's Let's it. Let's talk uh, Google. You always have a, You've got an obsession with Google. What is it? Why is this? Why do you think that? Because you're always focused on it. You're always
1: asking about SEO. Am I? Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I am interested in it. I just think I, I, companies, Google, I put Google and Apple in the same basket because they're so secretive. And I find it, I was only saying to my son yesterday, like how, how does Apple manage to be so secretive? How does Google manage to be so secretive? You know, like what are we? It's September five, September six. Apple are meant to be announcing the iPhone 6 and, you know, there's rumors about an iWatch. And I was saying to Jack last night, I said, isn't it amazing? Like, you know, there must be big factories in China making parts for the new iPhone, for the iWatch, and there must be a whole lot of people all around the world who have had input into the development, design, production, marketing of all that, yet no one speaks up. Like, how do they do that? Pretty cool. Do you, have you got any idea?
0: Well, I'd say uh, one one thing would be to do things in isolation. I know from reading Steve Jobs' autobiography, uh, or whatever you call it, bio. Bio. Is it? I don't. I always get mixed up like non fiction, nonfiction. I don't know the difference. But uh, <laughs> reading about Steve Jobs in a book <laughs> by Walter Isaacson, yeah, it's yeah. apparent that there is a huge level of trust and a massive. Uh, code around the stuff that goes on in the little special room within the inner sanctums and only a few Mm. people are privileged to be there. And and probably like uh, I learnt from a guy who used to sell jewellery at the markets, he used to go overseas to Asian countries to assemble the jewellery and he would go there, he would lay out a rug in the middle of the hut, he'd get all the, the tribal members around and then he'd hand out the tools and he would show instruction to one group on how to do a part of the process and then he'd go and show another little group the next part of the process and then another separate group, the last part, and then he'd put all the tools back in the rug, wrap it all up and then get out of there. Right. So he wouldn't wouldn't leave them the tools and none of them knew all the steps of the process.
1: Well, that's ended up what I was saying to Jack last night. I said, oh, they must have like secure rooms where they make individual parts for the iPhone 6, for example, and they never meet <laughs> So you really don't know what you're making something for. That's right. And, and, and every production
0: environment has its own things. I, I see in some of those movies in the drug labs in uh, wherever they have drugs, in those uh, South Everywhere. American places, they – yeah, the people sort of working there often are doing it with minimal yes. clothing. Yeah. So they can't stash, stash it or hide the money. People counting money in their underpants C- and
1: stuff. Counting the money in their underpants or actually wearing underpants while – How did we get here? This is ridiculous.
0: So so uh, let, let's talk Google for a sec then. All right. The thing is they do often publish what they'd like you to do. Yeah. And there's a whole sub-counter culture of, of uh, look, whatever they tell you, forget that. That's a magic trick. They want you to focus over here while they're really looking over there. But it is true. They don't, they don't publish their algorithm. Because no. they feel that by doing that, it's too easy just to you know, manipulate it. Mm-hmm. So part of it is, look, we'll, just, <laughs> we'll go and scrape the whole internet, but we won't allow you to duplicate any content. <laughs> so the world's greatest scraper doesn't like anyone else doing that. Uh, secondly, they sort of tell you what they want you to focus on, and most of it is revolving around uh, making it harder for you to manipulate them. I'm quite close to this because we have a full-time operation helping people improve their rankings. And what we found, especially in the last few years, it's just far easier to do what they ask you to do instead of trying to shortcut, manipulate or hack around or… Uh, you know, do things that, that get a, a tactical one-time advantage, it can penalize you in the long run. And let's face it, it's still worth appearing in the Google results when people look for you. It's, it's still just as valuable now totally. as it's ever been. But what's changed in my industry is most of the people with shortcuts and cheap labor or spammy tools have disappeared and now it's down to the good old roll-up-the-sleeves grunt work, actually writing good quality stuff. Posting it on a website in a, in a good way, and going for the proper effort. So let's talk about some of the things.
1: Can I just yeah. love that? Yeah. What that what your last sentence there, Jimmy, was the one because you represent. Let's say you represent the online marketer. I I represent the small business owner who's more likely to be offline than online, but using online as a marketing tool, right? Yep. It would be fair to say. Because what you're about to do, you're you're about to go into some of, you're going to get under the hood then, like the nitty gritty of the pigeon update and the types of links Google like and don't like. And and let's have that discussion. But before you do that, I just want to confirm in my mind and the mind of small business owners that you just need to make your websites interesting, engaging, helpful, and be more of, um, this might be a bad analogy, but I'll go with it. More of an online encyclopedia than a brochure, than a static brochure. Rich in useful content.
0: Yeah? Yeah, it has. To, it basically has to deserve to be worthy of a rank and not because you've deployed some
1: cheap trick. So what if you did that? What if your website was rich in really good content? Answering the questions that people that your clients, your prospects have, um, providing information that engaged and held them there longer, that you know that people wanted to share and link to. Let's say you just did that, and you didn't know anything about types of links, you didn't know anything about interconnecting links in your website, about the different types of headings (h1, h2, h3), about completing metadata. Yeah, if you didn't know any of that, is that okay? No, because
0: the chances are you're missing the really basic stuff. And the basic stuff, which Google tell you to do, is to have really obvious and clear descriptions. And and where most like 9 out of 10 problems happen, it's going to be that they're using some horrid platform that has a page title like Welcome to My Website or something, and no one searching for welcome to my website online. So you could do all the rest right and you'll fail because you don't have the most important element happening and that will generally be the page title.
1: Do you really believe that, like page title and meta description? I think
0: page title is is very, very important. Meta description is not nearly as important as the page title. If you could only have one thing, it would be making sure that your page title – is correct and then followed by your page naming convention.
1: Uh, tell me
0: about that. I get page title. That's your page naming. So page naming is where like if you have if you look at your website and it's and you're on a page of your website and it says uh, P equals one, two, four, five, six, seven, that doesn't mean anything.
1: Oh, uh, so you, your permalink? You want
0: you want to have words in your page names. Do you
1: mean your permalink?
0: Yeah, the link. The what what it would say if you were linking you are to right. that page? Because automatically that starts, it doesn't, you don't need to know about links at all. But if someone were to reference your website somewhere else and they, they actually link to it, hello. Now the name of the page is in there. It's sort of easier for everyone to figure out what it is. And if you look in your browser at what it says at the very top, then that's what you want to
1: have that's relevant for what your page is. Can I just get I'm being semantic here but uh, hopefully there's more than one person just wanting this clarified your pay your permalink which is the extension of your domain name so it's the forward slash blah 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 yep is the same as you called it your you used another term page page title is not that that's what's that's what appears in the tab in your browser yep but it's your permalink or your URL.
0: Yeah, the page title appears in the, in the little tab, tab. above your, above the, whatever page you're on. Yep. And the page name is what appears in your browser.
1: What do you think more important?
0: The title. Just or lots more? No, I think it's really important to have a descriptive page title. Mm-hmm. And then your page name is really good to have. And beyond that, you know all the other stuff, H2, H3, h that's all bull****. Forget that bold and italicized and you know that's not even proven i don't think there's much weight in that
1: it's good from um it may not be it used to be that if you if you know you had something as an h1 then google would look at that and go oh that's more important than the the text but where it is important is correct me if i'm wrong making your copy scannable
0: that's right. It's just it's uh but you can do it without having to, to go to the extent. I mean, if anyone's getting that pedantic with SEO, they've they've missed they're starting to manipulate. Mm-hmm. So just make your sites good. And they actually give you a formula on how to improve the quality and based on their new rating guide that someone leaked, you know, accidentally on accidentally on purpose, maybe. Of course. And they say you should be able to pass the EAT test. Yeah, what's that? Expertise. They say that you' Would want to qualify, you know, want to make sure that people would perceive you as an expert, that you should establish your writers as authorities in certain fields or you as an authority. So have a really good about page, list any qualifications that prove that you're an expert or where you've spoken at or what uh, shows you've been published on would all be things that would help you become an expert. They also Mm -hmm. want to have knowledge. So they, they really want detailed and rich information. So more comprehensive, getting, you know, not just a keyword peppered here or there, but really getting into the meat of your topic, whatever that is, whether it's roller doors or car washes or you sell chess online, you know, you can really specialize in, in words around that topic. Mm-hmm. You want to cut down on all the ads. They don't like that. Looks a lot like a flea market, so you want to have a, a nice page layout that isn't advertising heavy, especially at the top, mm-hmm. because they they want they don't want you to be manipulating readers into clicking on ads and stuff. So less calls to action. Well, no, you can have calls to action, but don't don't like a lot of people think that you've got to have all these. Like they think that it's about having 50 offers and the customer will jag one of them. Mm. But the reality is if you only had one offer on a page, it would be really easy to know what that is and define it and it's offering more value, a better experience. When Mm. you, you know, apart from your homepage, the one that everyone's focused and obsessed about, like 99% of the time it's all about the homepage, forget that. Add content to your other pages. Like really mine out all the topics and different angles that are in your or your expertise and you want a lot of pages. I mean on my site, we've got a thousand pages and posts and that creates thousands of indexable ways that people can find my yeah. site. So more
1: pages is more opportunities and more specialized. Well, let's, we're going to come to blogging as our third topic. So Well, in fact, we might make that our second topic and then we'll do VA's. What a lovely coincidence. Yeah, you like that? A little segue? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, and,
0: and here's yeah, design. You've got to have good design. The days of crappy old, you know, horrible-looking sites are, are gone. If someone from Google human reviews your site and they do hire people to go and look at a site and say, does this, does this site look good or not? So that means you've got to put some attention into the way that you put your font and your styling and the layout and the, the pictures. It's got to be good. So there's a few things that you can get started on. You also want to have Q&A. I love Q&As because that is um, being very, very helpful. It's picking up all the search terms that people are literally searching for. How to or where can I or what do I. These sort of things are great. So go to your help desk and check your emails and see what you can come up with there. And just have a whole FAQ section. And if you look at my sites, you'll see a lot of it is FAQ based.
1: Yeah, I do love FAQs are handy because I mean, if that's what people are asking, then uh, you may as well be answering it. Someone's got to answer it. May as well be you. And someone's got to answer each of those questions in a way that is the most. Again, I keep going back to engaging and, you know, dare I say, entertaining. But you know, often you can see Q and A's that are quite dry but it's about injecting a bit of personality and and holding people there and putting a smile on people's face if you can. Yep. Um, Um, And then you want to have stuff that people actually
0: link to because it's really good. So if you were to publish it, you know, in your case, Tim, you could easily put out 10 tips for a top-level keynote and you could say, you know, I'm Timbo, mm -hmm. I travel around the world, I get paid big bucks to share my ideas, and here are 10 things that I think are vitally important if you were going to consider being a keynote speaker and you could share this and then i imagine that anyone who's a speaker trainer or a keynote speaker or someone in your field could potentially link to that page and say hey check out this fantastic guide tim just published over at your website and they're going to mm. link to it because it's a great resource and you have big reputation mm. and now you're you're showing Google, hey, you know what? Everyone thinks this is a good page because they seem to be linking to it. So we might give it a bit more prominence. And you would also make sure that the page title and the name of that page is very relevant to the topic. So it'd be like how to deliver Mm -hmm. a a top-level keynote presentation or 10 keynote speakers tips. Mm. And then just make sure that everything you're doing on your site is absolutely relevant to whatever the purpose of that site is. They look for um, they're looking for gibberish and auto-generated pages with you know, randomized low quality phrases that people seem to think is going to work for some reason, but it's not. It should be all high caliber stuff.
1: The other thing I, I just on that too recently um, creating pages and posts. Google, and we know Google's clever, but Google also read semantically. So like you don't have to be literal about this. Like if you want to rank for what makes a good keynote speech, you don't necessarily have to write an article with a headline. What makes a good keynote speech? You could you could have top ten tips of great keynotes, or you know something like that. And Google still somehow through their algorithm will find and rank that. Well, and
0: I mean, they are a search engine, so you could be talking about presenting to a group of people, and they might correlate that with keynote mm. speaking. Mm. Then, of course, lots of. Uh, things that build trust like about us pages, contact information, trust seals, phone numbers, contact forms, things that show Google, hey, well, this is a reputable site. And lately they've gone up a notch and said, you know what? We want you to secure your site if you can. We want you to have this SSL security. We want you to have HTTPS. We want the little bar to be green across the top with a secure padlock to show people that. This is a really high-quality, legit site, and they. this is kind of a small overall thing. Only about a quarter of websites use this now, so if you want to get a little bit of an advantage, you could make your website secure. All Google sites are. <laughs> Except the one they published this article on. And... <laughs> Uh, like when you that. think about it, it's much harder for a spammer to set up a junky site and go to the bother of making it secure. So it's just one way to weed out high high quality versus low quality. And any site that you go to, like an Amazon or whatever, you're always going to have security on a on a big. I mean, if you were to if you were to say which site's going to be more trustworthy, a secure site or a non secure site. It's that's really an easy choice. It's a little bit more mm. of a fuss to do this, and more technology required, and a cost and a hassle. So it's not really something that that everyone is going to be doing. And, you know, we're all, we're already halfway there. We've got the SSL certificate, but to make it work on every single page means you now have to pay attention to every link that's happening in the source code, and it's not just simply a case of switching it on. So you will need the help of a webmaster for that sort of a, an adjustment.
1: That sounds like it's, it could potentially being expensive. But any secure, you know, any
0: legit big companies yeah. are doing it already. I mean, I already have. I've got an SSL certificate already because we need it for our checkout application with the mm. bank. And some of our pages are secure, the ones with the checkouts, the ones with the, uh, the content as where we're focusing next. Right. Now, let's talk about the links because links is just such a – everyone thinks SEO is all about backlinks. Well, do they still? They do. They, I, I mean, having an SEO business, I'm pretty sure they do. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd <laughs> know. A, seems to be what everyone wants. You know? So, guest posting is something you have to be careful with. If you just do widespread spurting out of content on posts, it's, it's not achieving anything. That does yeah. my head in. How about buying up old domains and redirecting it to your site to try and boost the juice? Uh, the
1: old redirection.
0: Yeah, just be careful with that one. Rented or paid links are a big no-no, especially when they, you know, what I reckon the biggest innovation they ever had was this disavow tool, which lets people report sites that rent paid links. And what happens is competitors Mm -hmm. report each other. Customers who are pissed off report it. Google sort of go on a phishing exercise and start telling you which Mm -hmm. links they think are bad and people then disavow it, whether they know it's bad or not and now before you know it all these links are toxic so the the problem is you might have had great rankings for years and then wherever your links were they've probably been reported toxic and they're probably no longer active or they're har- harming a site so there's a big argument now for going for less links like really cull back on the links that you've gotten if you ever did these $5 gigs where they got you 10,000 links, you more than likely have some very bad links coming to your site, like low quality. Well, how do you get rid of those puppies? You have to do a spreadsheet. You go to get Google Webmaster Tools, you pull out a CSV file of all the backlinks, and you sort mm-hmm. through the ones that you think look dodgy and that are obviously low quality, especially web directory links because Google de-indexes web directories and uh and if they haven't found the ones yet and they're all linking to you, it's not good, then then you basically upload a spreadsheet to Google for their disavow tool and tell them which ones you want to forget about. Nice. So that's a big pruning. It used to be quite, quite complicated, that, but that disavow tool obviously made it a lot easier. It's also made it extremely hard for people with private blog networks and who sell and rent
1: links. Yeah, right. It's really a policing system. Jimmy, tell me about this pigeon update, which is only… Well, one more… Oh, yeah, Easy yeah, there, yeah. Tiger. Yeah, sorry, mother, releases. just racing ahead.
0: <laughs> a lot of people do you know really keyword rich press releases and purely just to manipulate Google, sort of a it was a more official way of getting content. Mm-hmm. We learned years ago you, you better to link directly to the site, not using anchor text, and use press releases sparingly. And the best time to use a press release is when you've actually got some news. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy that. <laughs> always has always has been. Yeah. So bottom line. Get natural links by putting the best stuff you can on your site and then give it a bit of a nudge for sure. Go and share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Uh, This is like a broken record, we say this. Google plus it. And then if it's good, people will recognize it and they'll start sharing it and they'll link to it automatically and that's what good links are. That's what real links. So you might be wondering at this point, what do we do for our customers We firstly check their site to make sure their page titles, their descriptions, and their backlink profile aren't damaging them, and we rate them like green, yellow, or red. Uh, If they're red, they have to do some serious work. We suggest what they can do to fix that, but if they're green or yellow, they're okay to proceed. Then uh, we focus on content getting the best content on the site, having the best places that the customer would want people to find out about. And then we start helping them share that by doing some of that socializing, using Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and unslappable sites. Google aren't going to disavow Pinterest or Facebook or, or Twitter. And then we do actual real guest posts with category specific high caliber proper author posts and sometimes it takes a while to get uh, the, the post published and we also do stuff with images like infographics and videos uh, that are high quality to a limited distribution but high quality places with approval processes in place and that's what gets results these days.
1: With the press releases, Jimmy, when you have got something to say, because you you remember years ago you were right into press releases, many were. If when you do have something to say, where do you send that press release? Well, don't forget uh, this uh, traditional
0: media like radio stations, local newspapers, TV. Yeah, okay, so it's that it's that kind of thing. It's it's not going. But there's also online. You'd be looking for a high end sort of solution, not not one of these sort of mass blaster sort of places. No. So you're looking at, at uh, places like Vocus or PRWeb, right. which have pretty stringent guidelines and they verify each release for, for accuracy. They, you have to confirm things. They have to fit certain guidelines. You can't be promoting certain products or topics. And it uh, works best when you have actual news. And we still do press releases from time to time, but you've got to have a good writer. You've got to have a good angle. Mm. We actually published um, press release angles that you can use on our site And that helps people get ideas for what they could do. you can do it around seasonal things. You can do it about new releases, customer case studies, big change for some reason that you want to get out there.
1: They work well. Are you seeing, when you do do one, what kind of take up are you seeing and on what type of media?
0: Uh, they, They sometimes can make it to fairly good sites like Fox News, et cetera. I'm not saying incredible I'm saying fairly good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like popular or big sites. And I have seen some go to entrepreneur.com and and you know reasonably big sites if the release is really good but but they will get into some category specific places the number of links is usually quite good it could be hundreds or thousands and that's why it's absolutely critical nice. you don't use an anchor text link because that's going to throw you with what uh, Google call Penguin, which looks for the ratio of anchor text links versus all the links you have. And hey, Sorry, can you explain that for us? Right. That means using a specific keyword. If all the links coming to your site have the exact same keyword, then that looks
1: very manipulative. So in one press release, let's say the keyword was… Um, hydraulic car lift or something. And, and throughout that press release, every anchor text was hydraulic car lift.
0: No, just only one. You only need one. If you, if you if you said, oh, if, you know, uh, uh, Smith's hydraulic car lifts have just announced the newest uh, Hydromatic ten thousand. If you link the words hydraulic car lift to your website, and then it gets republished a thousand times, you're now going to have a thousand links with that exact phrase coming to your site, and then Google will say, hang on, you've got. Uh, eleven hundred links and a thousand of them have this one phrase.
1: But how can you c- control? Uh, uh, how can you control what the media outlets use as your anchor text? Because that's what you submit in your press release. Well, it's how many? How many anchor text options do you get to submit? You can put a few in there, but
0: um, you write the press release and you hyperlink the bio or the the you know re- boilerplate exactly, and and you submit it, and that's what gets regurgitated.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can't, but I'm just, I guess what I'm thinking is if you get a thousand backlinks from one press release and you've advised there's 10 anchor text options, you're still likely to get hundred.
0: Well, you're not going to use more than two or three. Right. And you're better to use the company website directly. In your case, you'd put Mm smallbusinessbigmarketing.com because you're going to have a lot of links for that and it's not manipulative. And you happen to have a keyword in there as well.
1: Mm. Mm, yeah, gotcha.
0: So the other one you asked about was pigeon. Pigeon. <laughs> Did the pigeon <laughs> drop one on you? This <laughs> almost seemed more about local businesses and it seems to have helped
1: directories. Yeah, this is interesting, isn't it? Because my big – so the pigeon – up. what we're talking about, listeners, is Google have recently updated their algorithm. It's been called the pigeon update and it seems to be based around local – Marketing, yeah, and local, which is great, because one thing I notice still with Google is you can Google something, and it may deliver a result on the home page of a business that's nowhere near you, which obviously Google don't want to do that. Google want to be infinitely helpful, but um, so Penguin may be changing that, and that's going to play into the hands of Urban Spoon or Tri- TripAdvisor or Yelp because they've got all these local listings, yeah. Right, the message for small business owners is make sure you appear
0: on all the directories that are relevant. Does that mean Yellow Pages is going to make a comeback? (laughs) (laughs) Who? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Does it though? I don't know. I, I think, you know, the bottom line is these things change and if there's any message coming through with all of this is don't try and cheat the system because you will get dumped. And also make sure you build pipelines to your business that are not dependent on Google at all. So that leaves other options like Facebook and podcasting, where you're completely off the Google ecosystem.
1: If yeah, yeah, totally. No, I, I get that. So there's just this Pigeon update is is looking now for listings of businesses that are clearly marked as local, but they have clearly got their you know suburbs, their outlets, their stores, their their, their street addresses.
0: Yeah. So if you're a local business, you, you definitely want to have really rich details on your location and, you know, geographic specific information, your address.
1: On your website.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You want it easy for Google to understand that you are specifically for a
1: particular area. So it wouldn't hurt to write the odd blog post starting with, you know, as as a car wash centre in the South Yarra area of Melbourne, we find the five common problems with dirty cars. (laughs)
0: A car wash in South Yarra could just say, um, you know, Star Car Wash supports the the Yarra under 12 rugby team, you know, and they could do things in the local community and they could publish about this uh, because if I was a parent with a rugby kid mm. looking for the local game results, I'd be typing in, you know, Yarra rugby Results, mm-hmm. And suddenly I might start seeing car wash references mm-hmm. because they've got information about the their, their association and they're going to have a filthy, dirty car. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to do this at Mercedes-Benz. We used to partner with people in the local area, like high-level sound system providers and wineries and uh, tax agents. And we would start to rank for all of their phrases as well as our mm-hmm. phrases. And it's a community-based marketing program.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like those ones. It'll sort of joint ventures. To
0: get your head into the local area. So if I was here in Manly, I'd be, uh, if I was a Manly SEO business or a Manly website business and this was my area, then I'd be just really putting all the cultural things. I'd be talking about cafes and surf and ferries and the, the pines, pine trees and all sorts of stuff in the local area, I'd really get involved and participate and I'd be blogging Mm. all about that stuff and I'm going to start sucking in all this traffic from Google yeah, because it's going to think I'm all about manly.
1: Yeah, that's a good way. Then just as a local business in a local area, you may as well own as much of it as you can. (laughs) It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, Jimmy. Hey? What else you got? Well, what that says to me, well, two things. It says that we're – um well and truly into this call and listeners are going to hate this, but it does give us reason to come back again really soon and knock off VAs and blogs. I'm not sure we should kind of knock those two other topics off immediately because it'll go for over an hour, but, and I know there's listeners going, oh yeah, but we don't mind hanging around for an hour. But um, (laughs) Yeah,
0: but they're not staring out the window at Six Foot Surf. (laughs) What are they talking about?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, and mate, I'm about to go up to my 30-year school reunion tonight. Yeah, I know. I'm speaking at
0: my old school to the year 12 leaving lunch.
1: Oh, cool. Are you going to record it? Oh,
0: that yeah, I should. I'll do that. Damn.
1: Damn right. You should. Record that. Jeez, I hope you've put a – oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, gee. It's like parents, send your child – at your own risk. <laughs> uh, I know. The, 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 all these kids will be going to that event wanting to be, you know, there'll be doctors and lawyers and stuff and then they'll come out of it going, ha! Well, I'm going to let them know that yeah. we, need, we need lawyers and doctors and stuff. We do. Like, continue on.
0: I need to hire guys like you. What's your key message? That It doesn't matter if you fail your school thingy. There's still options for you. If you if you thought life ends, if you can't be a lawyer, doctor, solicitor, you've probably done yourself the biggest favour ever. There you go. Kids, take your foot off the pedal, I, sit
1: back, go for a surf. I pretty
0: much hated school. Uh, I've got three boys and none of them go to the one <laughs> that I <I'm> was speaking
1: of. <laughs> You're exactly right. Uh,
0: it, really, uh, it, it really changed everything for me and especially, you know, I don't have a need to wear a tie anymore. I always thought it was the most useless ornamental thing around the neck. Like what, what possible – what does it serve? What does a tie actually do? Mm, no, There's okay. no function. That, it's a noose. It is a noose. <laughs> it's a reminder of old backward traditions that need to
1: be stopped. If, if you could have lived in a time gone by and it can't be in modern day, can't be in the twenty twenty first 21st century – What period of time would it have been?
0: Uh, I'd say like what it it would have been when the Hawaiian kings were surfing at Waikiki. That's what I'd want to be a a king in Hawaii, and I get to surf the break without all the crowds.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be nice on a big, big, long wooden surfboard. Big long plank. That would
0: have been fun. Yeah.
1: Would have arrived on the beach and ripped apart some kind of. Only kings were
0: allowed to surf in that that section.
1: Yeah, and they had the biggest
0: boards. The Queen surfed at the Queen's beach. You could have been King Julian from, you know, like, yeah. um,
1: what's that film? Uh, Madagascar.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think that'd be a good That would have been fun.
1: Yeah. I think it would have been. What about you? Yeah. Well, uh, I kind of like the idea. There's something about the Renaissance period that excites me. I'm still, I've been plowing through Michelangelo's biography these last two or three months. And having been – well, I was in Florence in December and, yeah, that kind of excites me uh, when, you know, coming out of those Middle Ages, the dark and doomy Middle Ages with this the Renaissance, a lot of creativity. So that, that would be kind of cool. And no computers. So just, you know, you could have just been wandering around. Time was – I was in Fiji about two weeks ago and, mate, Fiji in time. That's nice. Yes, it is pretty cruisy. It's just this constant Jack Johnson soundtrack in the background, and just don't expect anything anytime soon. There should be just slogans all around that place. Yeah, one one day. When when will that be? One day, you know. Like nothing well, happens very quickly. you Ever been to Tahiti? I haven't.
0: They make Fijians look hurried. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh, that's funny, mate. That 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 makes they must be walking backwards in Tahiti, are they? <laughs> I, went, I went to breakfast
0: once, and there were there were birds just having a go at the buffet, and there was some uh, rather large locals just sitting there. That they were the wait staff just sitting there, looking not really caring that much about it. <laughs> it was it
1: was there was no hurry, nothing no happening there. Hurry. Oh my so,
0: uh, God. Timbo, when are we going to speak to you again?
1: Well, Jimmy, we will sort that out when we uh, hang up from this call and um, and we'll sort that out, get into the diary real soon, real soon, I promise. Um, in fact, I'm in Sydney a lot of next week. I'm in Sydney mm. Tuesday night till Friday um but we'll sort that out but sorry listeners for not doing blogging and vas but i think we could actually go in a little bit deeper when we do do those topics in the next two shows well i'm getting some
0: real stats back for my uh, recent blog change so maybe the timing will be great and we can have a
1: little bit of a a post-mortem on the changes and what what it means to everyone yeah that'd be nice mate well um Hey, team, if you want to find out a little bit more about Jimmy James, that would be James Shramko and myself, Timbo Reed. James has got a forum over at, um, uh, well, go to superfastbusiness.com. Correct me if I'm wrong, James. Uh, That's the place where you can find out all about him. And I'm over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and you can find out all about me. If any, any of what we have said interests you in the slightest, James, it's been no greater pleasure eyeballing you. <laughs> it's been wonderful, Tim. Mm. Thank mm. you. We should do this more often. Could you make yourself more available, or are you, <laughs> or are you just that important that you can't uh, you can't seem to uh, do it more than quarterly?
0: Oh, I'm afraid I'll see if I can do that, Timbo. <laughs> mm. All right, mate. See ya. See ya